Hey loves, welcome to Faith Times Fitness Podcast, where we discuss wellness from a kingdom mindset, helping women bridge the gap of faith and fitness. I am your host, Shanara Norwood, aka Cha-Cha. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Faith Times Fitness. I am your host, Shanara, aka Cha-Cha. And today we will be talking about body dysmorphic disorder. Body dysmorphic disorder is a mental illness that causes obsessive focus on a perceived flaw in an appearance. So basically, we look in the mirror and no matter how much you try to improve this um characteristic either whether it be your body whether it be um a feature you just basically are so obsessive about it and so concerned about it that it's almost overwhelming and it causes you to constantly try to work on that it causes you to constantly be thinking or overthinking how you may look and um your appearance And remember that the definition said perceived flaw. So it may not even be a flaw at all, but it's our perception of ourselves that is distorted and that is um, basically rehearsed over and over in our heads. And we keep telling ourselves that this is not perfect, this is not right, and we need to fix it. So I can remember looking in the mirror And really hating the way my stomach looked. I'm still not too crazy about it. But I had to stop obsessing over it. Um, I remember I lost over 30 pounds. And I still was not satisfied. Now let me tell you something. When you lose weight. And your stomach goes down. um, And you are still not happy with the results and and you've been working out and you've been eating right and you are still not happy with yourselves you have to go back and re-examine what's going on with me because we have to remember that our physical health starts with our mental and our emotional health and I think we try to start off with physical and feel like if I get my body together, if I lose this weight or if I gain this weight, I'll feel better about myself. But you have to start feeling better about yourself before the weight loss process begins. How does that happen? How do we feel better about ourselves before we start the weight loss process? Because most oftentimes we look better, we feel better. And yes, this is a true statement. However, you need to feel better in order to look better. Because what happened is I started masking the insecurity that I felt about my body. I started to mask it and just basically showing off my body. And I felt like the more I show off my body, the more I appear confident in how I look. When inside, I still was not happy with the way my stomach looked. And that's a reality that Um, a lot of people face is if I try to cover up the insecurity with appearing confident with appearing like I'm okay with my body because I'm showing it 
a lot of times we are not okay with just because you're showing your body does not mean that you're okay with your body you have to be okay with who you are as a person as the person you are inside as who your character is your emotional well-being because i became obsessed about working out and trying to overcompensate for how i felt about myself until i completely shut down and then i started to emotionally eat and i talked about that in a previous episode um emotional being an emotional eater and so when you go through those up and down spirals of highs and lows and you have this emotional attachment with food it's a it's a problem <laughs> um and you're basically trying to fill voids that only can be filled when you are totally healed um, from this perceived notion of who you are not when you were created in Christ Jesus. So let me give you a little stats. So it says that one in 50 people are diagnosed with body dysmorphic disorder, 2.5 are men and 2.2% are, are women. So some of the causes are abuse or bullying, low self-esteem, perfectionism, or competing with others, and depression, anxiety, or OCD. And see, all of these things, the root issue is perception. Perception of how you see yourself. That is the root cause of all of these reasons that people develop this disorder so let me break this down to you so as a little girl I was bullied as a result of the bullying um, I got a perceived notion that I was ugly or unattractive or undesirable that caused the low self-esteem the low self-esteem causes the low worth and then turns into perfectionism because perfectionism caused me to try to cover up the low self-esteem by either um, trying to be perfect or low-key competing with other women to be something that I'm otherwise not. And then you start in with the depression. The depression and the anxiety can be categorized and categorized all in its own, but I'm just giving you the breakdown for myself of how these things can affect and then basically call be caused one after the other. There's always a root cause to why we develop these uh, disorders and diseases and things like that. Because I battled depression off and on for many years. And I never really examined the root cause of the depression. I just allowed the depression to go on. Oh, I'm depressed. And I just, just, you know, settled with that. But what caused the depression? What caused? It was the trickle down of all of the other things that went on in my life. And that's only a fraction. The bullying as a little girl was only a fraction of the things I had gone through. Child, I got a whole testimony on my childhood of the different things that I went through that caused the trauma, the triggers, and the different issues that came uh, to surface 
in my life. But I'm going to go ahead and jump into these solutions because um, that is what's important for us to get through whatever we're dealing with. So I want you to write down what are your triggers that make you feel or perceive that there is a flaw. So for example, my trigger was the bullying, the low self-esteem, and past hurts and traumas. So after you identify those things, then you move on to applying the word of God to it and what is opposite of those different things or what you can claim or rename those different situations in your life. So I got this from, I was listening to a sermon um, on Transformation Church on YouTube um, by Pastor Charles. And he was talking about um, the story of Joseph, who is the father of Jesus, and how throughout um, history, we find that um, he was insignificant or he was not really talked about how Mary was talked about. But he pointed out some key things about um, Joseph and that basically God um, gave him the command to name Jesus. He gave him the command to watch over and to um, name our Savior. And a name has something because the name of anything is or what we choose to name something is very important. Um, it's powerful. Remember, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So when we name things or rename things as we're getting ready to do, um, we have the power to call a different season. Like he said, if you're going through a depression, don't call it a depression. Say I was going through development at that time. And I thought that was so powerful because sometimes we get stuck in the season we were going through or the depression we were going through. And even when we overcome it, we keep reclaiming it in a, in a certain kind of way. And so for me, I said, that's what I'm going to call that. That season of depression that I went through, I'm going to call that um, development. I was going through development. Um, because anything that we go through develops us, um, strengthens us, and gives us um, the stepping stone to keep going. But it, nothing we go through is just for ourselves. So that period of bullying and humiliation that I went through, it was a period of God showing me how to treat others how not to talk about somebody, how not to tease them or belittle them or berate them because I knew that feeling. Because sometimes when you don't go through something or you have not experienced it and you don't know what it feels like for yourself, you can easily get caught up in doing that very thing. And so God had to show me um, and, and ha allow me to go through that to understand that I need to have compassion for people. That I don't need to sit up and talk about them. I don't need to belittle them. I don't need to berate them. And that I need to teach um, my son 
my nieces and my nephews, whom, whomever, whatever children, because children are harsh. That's why we have so much bullying and so much things going on. And as adults, as parents, we have to reiterate to our children and teach them how to treat other people and have empathy and compassion. We lack um, teaching our children empathy and compassion because most oftentimes that's where the root of those uh, disorders and issues and traumas begin to happen is in our childhood, is in how we were treated, the things that were said to us. Those things develop who we are and how we feel about ourselves. So the word says in Philippians 2, 3, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit through factional motives or strife, but with an attitude of humility, being neither arrogant nor self-righteous, regard others as more important than yourselves. That's deep. Regard others as more important than yourselves because that's how Christ treats us. Because if you go to verse five, Philippians 2 and 5, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus came as a servant, humble, looking to see who he could help and who he could heal. And teaching and preaching and, and all those different things. He was never about himself. And that's what his expectation is um, for us is that we have um, compassion. And I know it sounds a little strange, like if I was bullied and picked on or somebody said these things, why do I need to learn how to have compassion? Because being bullied, being picked on makes you mean, makes you bitter. And so then you don't have empathy or compassion when you're bitter and mean. I know. God had to really soften my heart when it came to people and give me more compassion. So what we calling that low self-esteem, sis? We gonna call that low self-esteem confidence or better yet, better known as confidence, because our confidence is in him. Psalms 139, 14 says, praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are you are your works. My soul knows it very well. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Another verse says you formed me in my mother's womb. You knew me. So if God informed you, he knew you, then he knows how to give you that boldness, how to give you that confidence, that self-esteem. Because a year ago, you couldn't have told me I was I would be sitting here recording this podcast, speaking to you guys. That's God building my, my self-esteem. That's God building that confidence. But it's through him. I'm letting him take me through, once again, the development. So I don't have a low self-esteem. I am developing my, my self-esteem through God. That's what's happening. So what we name in that perfectionism or that need to compete with others? We're going to name that humility. God is in the process of developing our humility. Because perfectionism is about control. 
And God has to teach us how to release that control and put everything in his hands. Because why is it so important or why am I obsessing over and trying to be a perfectionist on how my body looks? Because I have a perceived notion of how people view me. And I care too much about how people view me versus how I view myself and how God created me. So when we remove the perfectionism and humble ourselves and say, God, you know what? You created me and I'm going to be the best version that I was created to be through you. Then there's no room for perfectionism. Isaiah 64 and 8 says, Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. And we are all your, the work of your hands. Psalms 138 and 8 says, The Lord will accomplish or perfect that which concerns me. Your loving kindness, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your own hands. So how do we go from perfectionism to humility? We acknowledge that God is doing the work in us. We acknowledge that he is the potter. We are the clay. We acknowledge that he will perfect those things which concerns us. We acknowledge him in all our ways and he will direct our path. That's how we stop the perfectionism. That's how we stop the wanting to be in control. That's how we stop the competing with other people. And lastly, what are we going to call depression, anxiety, or OCD? What are we calling that? We're going to call that the development of our strength and our peace. That's what we're going to call that. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be anxious, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you and uphold you with my righteous right hand. So in one verse, God says, do not fear. I am with you. Do not be anxious for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you and hold you up with my righteous hand. And I had to say that like that so y'all could really hear it. That in that, that's where we get our peace. By knowing God got our back 100%, that he's strengthening us, that we don't have anything to fear or worry about or be in a dark, low space about because God got everything that concerns us. Because the word says, the Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. That means every low and broken place in our lives God has been near so I encourage you to write down those things those triggers those traumas um, those hurts and then write down the opposite or what you're renaming that thing that's in your life and apply the word of God to it because God has given the power or given us the power to rename the broken areas in our lives, to rename the things that we're going through 
and to claim the victory in our lives. I think we underestimate just the power of claiming victory, just the power of claiming his peace, claiming his strength, claiming his confidence, um, claiming his compassion. Because claiming what God has to say and claiming his word over your life is the beginning of overcoming and healing from these disorders and diagnosis of different things that we have going on in our lives. Identifying these hurts, triggers, and traumas also help us get to the root cause of these different disorders and mental health diagnosis as well. So that is it for this episode of Faith Times Fitness. Once again, I pray that you receive something from this episode. Also, make sure um, to share this episode if you found any information in the episode that will help someone else. And as always, be blessed, be well, be whole, my loves. Until next time.